Right, go ahead with the logic. Okay, Mark, logic one and two, Mark. Houston, we are set. We have a cryo press light. Roger, copy, cryo press light. Apollo 11, this is uh, Houston. Minus 10, 9, 8. We have a go for main engine start. We have main engine start. 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Hello and welcome to Space Gen, the show where you find out all the latest from the space industry. You can catch our episodes on X-Ray FM every Wednesday at 8 a.m. or on SoundCloud by searching Space Gen. I'm your host, Daniel Trainer, and let's get into the news. So let's start off our space news with a bang. And it comes from SpaceX with their new Starship prototype appearing to burst during a pressure test late Friday. And the rupture kind of was under the glare of floodlights and the mist, but you could kind of just make it out by seeing it topple over and then explode. So this is all kind of for the Starship SN1, and this is the midsection, and it buckled during the test. As we know, the Starship SN1 is a test article for SpaceX's planned Starship and Super Heavy Mega Rocket. And if we take our minds back to December 27th, 2019, Elon wrote on Twitter that, quote, we're now building flight design of Starship SN1, but each SN will have at least minor improvements, at least through to SN20 or so for Starship V1.0. And we've got Starship 2.0 and 3.0, so there's gonna be a lot of tests up to that point. This is just one of 20 rockets that's gonna be tested to capacity. And this one, it exploded, and that means that they can learn a lot more now to help the rest of the 20 designs hold up better. Now, talking about launching and doing tests, Space Launch System, the SLS launch, has been pushed to 2021. You might think, oh, that kind of sucks, that looks like it's going to keep getting pushed, keep getting pushed, but they've actually built a quite a large portion of the rocket. So speaking at the Lunar Surface Innovation Consortium at the Applied Physics Laboratory in Laurel, Maryland, NASA Associate Administrator Steve Jersnick said that all of the elements needed for Artemis 3, which is 2024 Human Lunar Lander, are either under development or will soon be under contract. That includes Space Launch System rocket and the Orion spacecraft. The Space Launch System core stage for Artemis 1, the uncrewed test flight, is currently at the Stennis Space Center for a green run, which is a static test fire, and that's going to be scheduled for later this year, while the Orion spacecraft for that mission is kind of wrapping up testing at NASA's Plumbrook Station. Now, the SLS core stage, he said, should arrive at the Kennedy Space Center in late summer or early fall, allowing the teams to begin, quote, integrating for a launch hopefully in mid-21 timeframe to mid to late 21 timeframe for Artemis 1. Now, NASA has yet to provide a new formal launch date for that mission, 
but it's kind of slipped by several years. I mean, in December, NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine said that the launch would be taking place in 2021 after the agency had been holding on a November 2020 launch date. Now, Doug Laveru, who's the agency's new Associate Administrator for Human Exploration and Operations, commissioned a review of NASA's exploration plans when he started work in December, and that included setting a new date for Artemis 1, and that plan should be released in the next couple of weeks, so hopefully then we can go through it and then find out what's really going on. Now, here's something really cool. If you've ever wanted to be an astronaut, here's your chance. NASA has started taking applications for their next round of astronauts, and some of them are likely going to be part of the future Moon and Mars expeditions. You've got until the end of the month, so March 31st, at 11.59pm Eastern Time to apply, and although the time isn't the main constraint here, really qualifying is. So NASA says that you need to be a US citizen with either a master's degree in a STEM field or an equivalent, such as two years of work towards the doctorate in your field, a medical doctorate, or a combination of a completed test pilot school program finished by June 2021 with a STEM bachelor's degree. You also need real-world experience, and that includes either two years of, quote, progressively responsible work experience, or a thousand flight hours as a pilot in command. So you can see, these are pretty strict. And if you do pass, and you're able to get through, that's obviously a big opportunity. Which would mean you could be part of a very small group that has ventured beyond Earth, even if you don't go further than the International Space Station. Now, talking about space stations, China Space Station. Well, they've been planning a launch in April, and that's to prepare for building the country's next space station. Now, a long March 5B rocket will carry a quote, trial version of China's new spacecraft, which is designed to carry crews of up to six people into orbit, which is really incredible, actually. And while the April mission is not going to carry any people or pieces of future space station, it is expected to prepare Chinese officials for space station construction. Now, the Long March 5B is a modified version of China's heavy-lift Long March 5 rocket, which has been flying since 2016. The China Manned Space Agency designed the 5B for space station and large cruise spacecraft. Now, China plans to finish the space station by 2022, which is very, very quick. The way they're going to do this is with more than 10 missions for construction and in-orbit assembly. Now, the station is going to be shaped like a T with a core module called a Tianhe at the center, uh, which is going to have one lab module on either side of that. The station will offer 5,650 cubic feet or about 160 cubic meters of living space across all three modules. And that's a little bit more than one third of the space on the International Space Station, which has currently 13,696 cubic feet. And that's like a small house, basically. And that's not including temporary expansions from visiting spaceships, a bit like the Crew Dragon. Now, unlike previous Chinese space stations, which required both water launched from Earth Water on the new space station is going to be recovered from water vapor and astronaut urine, so they're definitely trying to do a full circle system up there. 
The space station is also going to have machinery so they can produce supplemental oxygen. This Chinese space complex is also going to have room for science experiments in the fields ranging from astronomy to basic physics to life science, and you're going to be able to do quite a lot up there using more than a dozen experiment racks, as well as an optical telescope that is quote going to be in the same orbit. And you know, if you look back at China's first space station, they had this one room Tiangong 1 that was launched in 2011. It burned up in the Earth's atmosphere seven years later. But it's kind of China's been building on this kind of station thing for a while. Then they had the Tiangong 2, which launched in 2016, and that supported longer duration missions. So it looks like they've done their homework, and this station probably is going to be pretty successful. So with all these space stations, and we've got the 2024 mission, there's still the strong possibility that NASA's moon mission and some of these other projects might get delayed from 2024 to 2025 or even later. Some people were saying 2028. And onto all of that, we will probably see congressional leadership force NASA to change its human exploration agenda all over again. But NASA's not the only one who's been planning a moon trip. Many other countries have private companies and everybody's been very eager to get in on the action. Things like water ice reserves could be harvested. You could make that into propellant, make travel through deep space vastly less expensive. Then you've got helium-3, which is extremely rare on Earth, but elsewhere, you know, it could help power future spacecraft. And then you've got rare and precious metals, which could help us run new technologies that might not be able to run on Earth, but could run on the moon. Now, over the next few years, we'll see the launch of more than a dozen different lunar missions. So what do we currently have? Well, let's start with NASA's Artemis 1. Now that, again, we just talked about, it was supposed to be late 2020. It's probably going to be 2021, mid-21. Uh, Artemis 1, as we know, is going to be testing on two fronts. It's going to first be the inaugural flight of the Space Launch System, and secondly, the first real deep space test of the Orion crew capsule, which so far it's going to spend six days in lunar orbit. That might change. While it's totally crewless, a number of low-cost experiments are also going to be going up on Artemis 1, and many are going to study the lunar environment, like measuring radiation levels or how dust behaves during landing sequences. But probably the most exciting, however, is going to be the attempt to pinpoint locations of exposed water ice on the surface. Then we've got China with the Chang 5 and 6, which is going to launch late 2020 and 2023. Now this Chang'e, which it's known as for the Lunar Exploration Program, has been quite good and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. Uh, if successful, the Chang'e 5 will be China's third successful spacecraft landing on the moon. Though it's not going to be a rover like the previous two Chang'e iterations, this is going to be the country's first sample return mission, bringing back at least two kilograms of lunar material from two meters below the surface. Now, Chang'e 6 is really just a redux of the same sample return mission, although it will most probably include additional scientific payload to study the lunar soil and atmosphere. 
Then we've got India with the Chandrayaan-3, which is 2021. This is going to be India's third lunar mission, and it's the second attempt at landing a spacecraft on the moon. Because remember, Chandrayaan-2, it crashed, it was a little bit, not that great situation. Then we've got Russia with the Luna 25, 26, and 27. And those are going to be launching in 2021, 2024, and 2025. The last mission under the Luna program was in 1976, when the world still had the Soviet Union. So eager to make sure that it's got its stake in the 21st century moon rush, Russia is resurrecting the program with a slate of new missions focused on enabling future mining operations. So you've got Luna 25 is going to prove out new landing technologies and drill into the surface of the South Pole to study the composition of the moon, kind of the soil and the water ice. Helium-3, which is something that keeps coming up. Then there's carbon and nitrogen and all the precious minerals and any other interesting resources. Luna 26 is going to be an orbiter that's going to survey the landscape from above to try and get a sense where these resources might lie. Again, key, key point here, everybody's interested in resources on the moon. And then you've got Luna 27, which is another lander headed to the South Pole to specifically prospect for water ice. Japan's also going to be doing their SLIM, which is going to be in January 2022. And basically the purpose of this is to demonstrate if the JAXA agency has what it takes to actually land safely on a lunar surface. So this is going to be using a couple of technologies that power, you know, facial recognition, and it's going to go and recognize lunar craters and determine if the location's, you know, okay, can it land here? And if it can, then it can touch down. So kind of interesting. From South Korea, there's going to be the KPLO in July 2022. So you can see these are very close together. Now that's going to be South Korea's first lunar probe, and it's going to work to map out the presence of natural resources on the moon. Again, water, ice, helium-3, precious metals, all of that. Then we've got NASA with Viper in 2022. NASA is going to be planning to use the CLPS initiative to get some sense of what the water ice environment on the moon looks like. But the Viper, the Volatiles Investigating Polar Exploration Rover, is the mission uh, that is going to explicitly prospect for those resources. After that, we've got in late 2022, Artemis 2. The purpose of it is to really test and ensure that the Orion can safely transport humans into deep space and back. The mission is also going to probably is going to take up some small secondary payloads for various science experiments. And then in 2023, which is one year before the 2024 NASA mission, SpaceX is going to do the Dear Moon project. So as we remember back in 2017, Japanese billionaire Yusaka Mozawa made a deal with SpaceX to go on a trip around the moon and back home. Now, that was supposed to go on the Crew Dragon spacecraft, but then plans changed. Uh, it became, you know, the Falcon Heavy rocket's activities shrank and Starship development took the prominence. Now, Mezawa and six to eight other artists of his choosing are going to get to take that trip around the moon. I would say it's going to be probably the biggest historical event of the century for humans to first become an interplanetary species. And for him to take artists with him, that's just sealing it in the history books for future generations.
Again, this is all news we just had in the last week. This is how quick things are starting to move, and as I've said before, we really are heading into a new space age. So if you like hearing about the news, make sure to tune in every Wednesday at 8am on X-Ray FM, or on SoundCloud by searching Space Gen. I'm your host, Daniel Trainer, and I'll see you next time.